Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Alright, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chairgating, your official NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. And I'm Rattlesnake, your host, live in Austin, Texas. And I say live, I always say it, but this time I mean it because this week I'm doing just a quick rundown, no editing, purely live podcast. Well, you won't be listening to it live, but this podcast will have no editing. Essentially, the situation is I was really busy this week, kind of fell behind. Next thing I know, I had about two hours in between my busy schedule that I could actually get this done, and this is the best I can do. So I hope everybody enjoys it. It's going to be short, it's going to be sweet, and um, hopefully sweet. (laughs) I don't know. No editing. So we'll see. It's probably already off to a rocky start, but we'll see how it goes. First, I just wanted to update everybody on the team ranking situation. If you listened last week, I said I wanted to actually put together an official team ranking for every week that I could update throughout the season based on my preseason team rankings. And I've done it. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's live on Belly Up Sports. Go check it out. It's the featured article, so it'll be right there on the right side of the homepage, and it's just NASCAR Team Rankings 2019. Go check it out. It's really good. Uh, you just flip through the pages, and each page is a different week, and, it, and it'll show you what team is currently ranked in that week and also the movement that the team made. So, for example, preseason, I ranked them, as I'm sure you all know by now, Team Penske, Joe Gibbs Racing, Stuart Haas Racing, Chip Ganassi, Hendrick, RCR, Roush Fenway, and JTD Dorty. I always want to say, like, Daughtry. I don't know if it's because I, I just remember listening to that musician. 
Is is Daughtry like Nickelback now? Is that the one that you just uh, you're too embarrassed to admit that you actually listened to at one point? Uh, anyway, JTG Doherty Racing. That's what I ranked my top eight in the preseason, right? And so what I did in this ranking is each week I took the finishes for for every driver in the team added them up, and then divided it by the number of drivers in the team, which kind of gave me an average uh, to rank these teams based on. And then I just continued to add to that number in each week, right? So the number only gets bigger, so it, it totals your entire season that way rather than just week-by-week week ranking. Oh, man, sorry. Excuse me. I'm trying to diet a little bit right now because marriage really does make you fat. They say, you know, you're freshman 15 in college. I think it's like marriage 30 because I, I'm just convinced that marriage is making me fat and not my actual laziness. So I'm trying to diet right now, which means um, pork rinds and what, what kind of, what, ener bang energy, bang energy drinks. So free shout out to Bang Energy. Clearly they just got a, a free sponsor. And this episode won't have any sponsors because, like I said, no editing. We're just doing this thing live. Uh, yeah, so my diet consists of pork rinds and energy drinks. Uh, you know, <laughs> we'll see. I used to wrestle in high school. It worked back then. Maybe it'll work now. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyway... What I've done is I, I've added each week up to only increase it so it's a, it's an entire season ranking. So for week one, it was Joe Gibbs Racing, Roush Fenway, Hendrick, Penske, Chip Ganassi, RCR, JTG, and Stuart Haas. And I know, obviously, in week one, Joe Gibbs clearly was the number one spot because they had one, two, and three. That's no question. But you're thinking, you know, like... For instance, let's see here. Which which one was it that I was that I was thinking about? Um, was it, it wasn't Stuart Haas because they did terrible. It was not RCR. I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So anyway, my point is, if on a team, uh, you know, they have one driver that got like, oh, you know, it was week two. I was thinking about right. I'll I'll read you week two real quick. The changes to you you might be able to notice. Uh, number one, Joe Gibbs Racing. Two, Chip Ganassi. Three, Roush. Four, Hendrick. Five, Penske. Six, Stuart Haas. Seven, RCR. And eight, JTG. And so for this one, you're thinking, how the hell is is that possible? How would Penske be uh, be all the way down at fifth? And it's an average, though, for an entire team. So when you look at it, they got, yeah, they won the race, right? Brad Kozowski got them the win. But... Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney came in 22nd and 23rd. So, you know, average-wise, they didn't actually do good as a team. So that's why I kind of like this ranking. It, it really balances out. It's not just looking at, you know, it's not just going to hype up Stuart Haas Racing because they have Kevin Harvick, right? It, it's going to average the whole team. And obviously throughout this, throughout this entire ranking, every single week, the one – Thing that that stands out is how good Joe Gibbs Racing is, but also how good uh, Chip Ganassi's actually been. And this is something that I mentioned preseason because I said Kyle Larson's one of the most skilled drivers I think on any track at any given time. He, you know, probably right behind Kyle Busch is the most talented driver out there. And yeah, his equipment isn't up to the level of Joe Gibbs or you know Stuart Haas. 
but he's talented enough to still do well. And then I mentioned that them bringing on Kurt Busch, you know, Kurt Busch, I've mentioned before, I think he's one of the most underrated NASCAR drivers uh, currently for whatever reason. He's a championship driver. He has a shit ton of wins. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's extremely good, extremely skilled driver. I mean, he's the older brother of Kyle Busch. Clearly, he's good. They grew up together driving together. And Chip Ganassi has two of, in my opinion, the two two of the best drivers currently in NASCAR uh, on the same team. And while their equipment isn't as good, that having those two drivers is gonna, is going to help you out. And and it really impresses me that they're able to hold on to two of the most talented drivers in the sport. So I think that's coming to fruition that I was right about. I, Chip Ganassi is clearly better than I think people expected. I, I don't, for whatever reason, people underrate Kurt Busch, and maybe it's because he's getting older. So it's kind of like the Jimmy Johnson thing. They're thinking, oh, he won't be as good. He's not going to be able to do much for Chip Ganassi. That one car isn't that great. He's leaving behind a really good 41 car. And I also mentioned I, I didn't think Daniel Suarez was going to be able to step up to that occasion and do any better than Kurt Busch did last year in the 41. And that's kind of also being proven. So I guess after week four, the most current rankings that I have is number one, Joe Gibbs Racing. No surprise there. 34.5 is their total average that I have for them. Number two, Chip Ganassi, 38.5. So really close. I mean, I, I think people are underrating this small, dominant team. And that's another thing. They don't, you know, they're not winning races, but they're also not, not finishing races low. So when there's only two drivers, you're not finishing low, that average is always going to remain, you know, pretty steady. Whereas a team like, Jogas Racing, who will get wins, you know, ones, twos, threes, but they they might have one guy finishing like 28th, right? And that really will, you know, bring down the average quite a bit. So having that two-team talented team is, is actually, um, it's paying off in my opinion. Uh, team Penske, number three at 50. That one doesn't surprise me either because, yeah, they, they've been winning races, but every single race it seems they'll, they'll have a guy in the 20s. Uh, number four, Stuart Haas Racing. Damn, I'm getting a call. Uh, gotta ignore it. Sorry, that's my buddy in Arkansas. I'm gonna go visit him in uh, Fayetteville uh, tomorrow. Woo, I'm busy. All right. Uh, number four, Stuart Haas Racing. Oh, you know what? Before I move on, uh, if anybody has been listening to this podcast since episode one, then they actually know that buddy. Um, he went by Ridger Rack. On this podcast, in episode one, he was the first person to be on this podcast with me. So if anybody remembers it, I don't even think you can find it online anymore. Uh, for whatever reason, it was taken down. But anyway, my diehard fans know who this person is in Arkansas. All right, number four, Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah, no surprise there. They have obviously Kevin Harvick, but somebody that you know people aren't really talking about is Clint Boyer. In my opinion, has been very consistent. And he's looking really good for an older driver. It seems like he's really kind of coming into his, himself this season. And it, it's kind of cool to watch him. And also, Eric Almarola. I mean, I, I think uh, I didn't pick him to win this race. I got Kevin Kyle Larson. I got Kyle Larson winning this one. Either way, I've picked Eric Almarola in a surprising amount of races in my NASCAR Fantasy Live lineup for like my top five. 
this year because he's just a really like consistent driver, it seems. So, yeah, I mean, Stuart Haas Racing is actually looking a little bit better than I maybe even expected. Daniel Suarez, though, still, we'll see. I'm still not impressed. Uh, number five, Roush Fenway. And that one might be a little weird. You're like, Roush Fenway, they, they're terrible. What happened? Where's Hendrick? Good question. Number six, Hendrick. Number six, Hendrick Motorsports. The team with Jimmy Johnson. The team with Chase Elliott, the, I mean, you know, the team that we've seen be the best for so long. The Jeff Gordon, the Dale Jr. team. So, man, I don't know what is happening to that team. And they're having, it looks like, kind of similar problems, sadly, to what RCR's having. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And so maybe it's a Chevy thing, but they're qualifying really well, and they are not performing on the track at all. And obviously, number seven right behind them is RCR. Like I said, both those teams qualifying really well. I think right now on when I'm filming this, it is not quite two o'clock uh, Central Time in Austin on Friday, and the practices they uh, Jimmy Johnson had the best time. And then Austin Dillon, right afterwards. Oh, excuse me. Man, these pork grinds and energy drink. Oof. Maybe that's how you lose weight. You just can't keep anything down. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be an interesting podcast? If that's how it turned? <laughs> Especially the only episode that I've ever done that's unedited. Anyway, Hendrick and RCR, 6 and 7. The Chevys are not looking good. Number 8, obviously, is JTG. What are you going to do? I probably could <laughs> Could have not even ranked them in this because at a certain point it's not really fair. They, they don't really contend with these other teams. But, you know, they're a multi-car, full, full-time full car team. So I put them on here and hopefully they can do a little bit better. That's going to do it for the rankings. Like I said, I'm going to update that every single week. So just be on the lookout for that. Next, I just wanted to talk about kind of the one thing that everybody's talking about right now is the Hall of Fame nominees, and let's see if I can pull it up, the list of nominees, yep, here it is, okay, list of nominees, as I'm sure you know or don't, I didn't really, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't care that much about the nominees, I don't know if that is like a rude thing to say, I don't care much about Hall of Famers, I mean, it's definitely a cool title to have, no doubt, you can be like, oh, NASCAR Hall of Famer, introduce yourself like you're a fucking doctor or something, but... I don't really care, um, personally. Cool for the people that are in it. I guess it's something to talk about. NASCAR fans seem to want to talk about anything that has to do with NASCAR. But, I don't know. In my opinion, it doesn't matter that much. Here's the nominees. Uh, Sam Ard, Buddy Baker. I'm kind of surprised he's not already in there. Wow, that's that's insane. Uh, Neil Bonnet, Red Farmer, solely because he has the coolest name of all time. I mean, the dude's from Alabama. Or Alaska? Jesus. Is that Alaska or Alabama? What is ALA? It's got to be Alabama, right? Alaska, Alabama. 
Man, they need to clarify that a little bit better in my opinion. But it's got to be Alabama. He's a NASCAR driver from back in the day, from the 60s and 70s. Red Farmer, coolest name of all time. Uh, Ray Fox, Harry Grant, Joe Gibbs. I mean, he's a shoe-in, obviously, with with what's been happening this year, it seems. Um, John Hallman, Harry Hyde, Bobby Labonte. Bobby Labonte, huh? Okay. Really? He had a... He had a championship, right? Yeah, 2000, I think. All right. Um, that's cool, I guess. Didn't he only... He only had 21 wins of all time. I don't know. Bobby Labonte, he's done a lot for the sport, I guess, outside of racing. That's probably why they're... It says driver, though. Whatever. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Any other big names that I should talk about? Uh, Ricky Rudd. Interesting. Yeah, he should definitely be in there. Tony Stewart, yeah, obviously that's the big one everyone's talking about. That was like, that was like Jeff Gordon when he got got nominated. Was that last year, I believe? Uh, that's a big one, obviously. Tony Stewart deserves to be in, not just for being a driver, but for everything he's done for the sport afterwards. He, he I mean, Kyle Busch is the new Tony Stewart in a way. You know, a lot of people hate him, a lot of people love him. He's a good driver. He's competitive. And I think Kyle Busch is going to do a lot for the sport when he leaves um, afterwards, just like uh, Tony Stewart. Because I think they both just love racing. I think that's what it comes down to. I'm actually going to get more into Kyle Busch here in a second, though. I kind of want to talk about him for just a minute. Not too long. I know everybody's talking about Kyle Busch, so I really don't want to bore you all with that. And I've already kind of given you my opinion about his 200 win thing, so I'm going to try to avoid that. But just kind of want to mention him for just a minute. But going back to the nominees, more so what I'm hearing is, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this, by the way. It's NASCAR fans. They're going to find a negative uh, spin on anything. So more so what I'm hearing is the nominees that, or the guys that weren't nominated. They're not on the ballot. Um, Obviously, uh, Carl Edwards was a big one. Everybody seemed to really be upset about the Carl Edwards. And uh, I don't know. I... He's a great driver, I guess. I, I personally, like I said, I don't care that much. And the thing is, Carl Edwards isn't that old. And I know, I mean, Tony Stewart's probably... Is Tony Stewart younger or older than Carl Edwards? Damn, that's a good question. Either way, they're around the same age, so it's like, well, if Tony Stewart's in... But here's the thing, Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards are, in my opinion, are two different drivers completely. Um, Carl Edwards is young enough to still get nominated another time. I wouldn't freak out. So, we'll see. Uh, I also saw Bob, obviously I had him on the podcast last week. Awesome interview. AJ Foyt, he mentioned, uh, he's upset that he's not nominated. You know, like I said, another big one that people were upset about was, um, what was it? The Janet Guthrie. She got dropped from the Landmark Award consideration. And I don't know, I mean, enough backstory. I, I know people, especially on Twitter, they love to just get outraged immediately. And I'm not going to call them trolls. I'm doing this whole thing where I'm not going to say tw- Twitter trolls or anything like that. Because there's no such thing, honestly, anymore. It's just, it's it's few and far between a troll and you know who a troll is. At least us millennials do. They're specifically poking at you or like throwing gas at the fire just to kind of rile people up. Somebody that's outraged about something isn't a troll, you know? And if anybody's listening to this podcast that isn't a millennial, 
please listen to what I'm telling you. If you're upset on Twitter, you are not a troll. You're just another person on Twitter. Everyone on Twitter finds things to be upset about. That's like the whole uh, thing of Twitter, right? So please stop saying Twitter troll. It's it's just not a thing. You know, I know with the Captain Marvel thing, uh, I'm not going to get into that much, but everybody's been like, oh, it's just trolls online, you know, blasting. It's just these, like, white male trolls that are angry that a, that a female is in a movie. You know what? The movie's not that good. How about that? I mean, that's just... How about that? <laughs> that's just the bottom line, right? That's not being a troll. That's, like, voicing your opinion online, which is the whole purpose of things like Rotten Tomato and Twitter right now. It's like, I want to be able to voice my opinion. That doesn't make me a troll because you don't like what I have to say. That just means I have a conflicting opinion uh, to what you want me to think. That's not a troll, right? A troll would go on there and, you know, say something like... You know, in fact, a troll for, let's say, Captain Marvel might say something like, uh, it might say something to piss off the the guys that are pissed that a woman's in the movie. Like, that would be a good troll move. That's pretty funny, right? You're just, like, actively trying to piss somebody off. That's what a troll is. Anyway, a lot of these, you know, quote-unquote Twitter trolls or whatnot... They're talking about how it's because she's a female or, you know, it's going back to the gender thing, which I never want, you know, sex and gender and all that stuff. Just like, I, I get it. That's that's cool. That's the current year. But can we keep it out of NASCAR? We've been doing pretty good so far, right? Let's just like, it's great that Bubba Wallace is the first African-American full-time Cup Series driver, yada, yada, yada. All right, that's it. It's been said, let's leave it at the door for that. Let's just like look at him like any other driver, right? Danica Patrick was a female. That's great. So here's the thing. I get that people want her to win that award because she was the first female NASCAR driver. And I'm actually okay with that. I think it's okay to, you know, at least recognize the accomplishment, right? That that it wasn't done before she came along and did it. So I would be okay with her winning this award, but I don't know the whole backstory. I don't know what's going on in that room. I'm not going to get outraged by it unless I know the whole story. You know, if they came out and they're like, well, we dropped her because, uh, you know, she's a dumb bitch and we don't want females around here. Like, that would be a big story. That would be something to actually maybe get upset about. You're like, whoa, whoa, you can't say that shit, man. Or like, we don't want her in here because... Uh, because we didn't want her driving the whole time. We want her as a secretary. That's where she belongs, in a skirt. <laughs> you know, something like that. That's a story. Um, her just getting dropped from the nomination, I don't think is necessarily a story. I did look at the other names nominated, and it was kind of suspect. Like the R.J. Reynolds representative. And clearly R.J. Reynolds has done a lot in the sport of NASCAR. But a representative for a tobacco company, um, I don't know, it seemed weird. But like I said, I, I'm not going to prejudge. I'm going to try to keep my opinions to myself because I don't know the whole story. And you know what? I don't know that R.J. Rep RJ Reynolds representative. You know, what if he, like, saved somebody that was burning alive in a car? I mean, that for all I know. I don't, I don't know that situation, so I'll, I'll try to avoid it. But that is something people are talking about. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I know that... Janet Guthrie is it wasn't just a driver though. I mean, she was uh, an aero engineer f and was a candidate for an Apollo astronaut. Not, uh, I mean, from what I've read, she's really well accomplished. 
really well-rounded. And I mean, I imagine you had to be, especially back then, to be a female driver. And didn't she drive IndyCar as well? Wasn't it IndyCar and NASCAR? And I know anybody listening to this podcast that knows anything about her is like, God, you're so fucking stupid, man. Like, how do you not know this about her? She was the Danica Patrick of her day, man. Yeah, sorry, I don't know enough. I watched that, like, little... I watched a little bit of that documentary that they had on her. But, I don't know, maybe I just didn't pay attention enough. I saw it was in black and white and got bored. I don't know. Don't judge me. So, that's what people are talking about right now. Like I said, when it comes to the Hall of Fame stuff, I tend to not care that much. So... I don't know. I don't know. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. That, that, that's that, right? Uh, moving on, I just kind of wanted to mention Kyle Busch. Obviously, everybody's talking about Kyle Busch because, I mean, probably tomorrow, he, he he's in that race, right? He's got to be. Yeah, because if he gets that tomorrow, that would be his 199th win. Uh, I'm not looking this up, so I'm hoping all my everything's correct that I'm saying, because I'm also not editing this, if I haven't mentioned that enough. That'll be his 199th win tomorrow in the Xfinity race, and which would mean if he got a win uh, Sunday, it would be his 200th win in NASCAR, and it would be in the Cup Series race, which would be, pff, I mean, that would be a big deal. Especially, that, that's why it'd be great if he could manage it to be a Cup Series race, and easier said than done, getting a Cup Series win, he's only got one so far this season, granted it is only the fifth race, or uh, fourth race, sorry, in the season, oh man, so, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, it's just worth pointing out, like, can we stop comparing him to Richard Petty, and I know that I've used that comparison as clickbait before, and so I'm guilty of it too, I get it. It's what's it's what people are riled up about right now. But now that you've already clicked on this and you're listening, let's just stop comparing him to Richard Petty for like a minute. You know, let's compare him to Richard Petty when his career's over. Maybe let's look back at everything. And I've I've made my points about it. You know, both sides have good points. Richard Petty did, you know, beat guys by laps. I mean, his competition wasn't that great, and. He was racing on dirt tracks and short tracks. And, and you know, it was just totally different times. It's almost like somebody, you know, it, it's just like Babe Ruth. You know, back, he did what he did back then. And, like, I don't, yeah, black, I don't think black people could even play baseball back then. Or that's like uh, any white basketball player in the Hall of Fame or did anything great before, like, black people were able to play basketball. <laughs> 
you should just take those statistics with a grain of salt, right? Because the competition level just wasn't quite there yet. And it's kind of the same thing in NASCAR. So nothing against Richard Petty. He did what he did against the, the competition he had, right? So he he became the best, the most winningest against the guys that he was racing. So no fault to him for that. He did everything he was supposed to do and more. But, you know, Kyle Busch is running in a totally different time period. And it's essentially impossible to get those that many wins in uh, in a cup series nowadays. And I think... Ugh, excuse me. I think people are acknowledging that, but we'll see. I just want to stop comparing him so much to Richard Petty, at least while he's still driving in his career. You know, let's compare him more. How about Jimmy Johnson? They're both they're both still currently driving. You can compare those two. You can say Jimmy Johnson's way better. He, look at he had you know seven championships. Uh, Kyle Busch has won. What's he done? So that's a fair comparison. They're both currently driving. My argument would be like, yeah, but look at the you know win percentages of e- each of those drivers. I-, I don't know. I think Cup Series, Jimmy Johnson would still have it, but all three series, like nobody touches Kyle Busch's win percentage. And right now, Kyle Busch, I think, is at the height of his career. So he should be starting to rack up a couple more championships. He needs at least three to be in the discussion, in my opinion. But regardless, the dude is a talent. He's an extreme talent in motorsports in general. And I think he's going to do a lot for racing. Maybe not even just NASCAR, but like racing in general when he's retired. I think this is his life. This is his passion. Whether it's trucks or Xfinity or sprints or late model dirt, you know, something. I think he's going to be very involved in racing. It'd be cool if he went back to Vegas and really kind of focus on building up the Las Vegas racing scene. Because it has a racing scene. That'd be kind of cool. Um, either way, Kyle Busch is great for the sport. And what he's doing right now is great for motorsports in general. It's like getting to watch kind of like what we've been watching with LeBron James. You know, very, very polarizing person. But you can't argue that he's setting records at an astonishing level You know that we rarely see. So it'll be cool to look back and be like, yeah, I grew up watching these guys. And, you know, Kyle Busch is going to be one of those guys. And I think I'm going to wrap up the episode talking about my last thing. The one thing I wanted to mention, and what kind of sparked it was a tweet. I had a tweet a couple days ago. Of course it was Twitter. A couple days ago I tweeted something about unpopular opinions, which is something people do on Twitter. NASCAR edition, and I said, Austin Dillon is actually a good driver on a bad team, right? And people seemed to actually, uh, they weren't against it. People kind of understood what I was saying. Sorry, I gotta uh, re-bang. Gotta bang myself, man. Let's get back into it. Um, People weren't against this idea. I think they were understanding what I was saying, and you know, a lot of there's a lot of haters of Austin Dillon, and what sparked the idea for me was seeing that USA Today article, whatever their NASCAR uh, section is in USA Today. I can't remember the name of it now. For the win, I think. Um, it it was an entire article that just took Reddit threads of like pissed off people talking about Austin Dillon. 
and just put it into an article. So it wasn't even journalism. It was just a person that made a collage of Reddit threat of a Reddit thread, essentially. And the whole idea was that people were upset, um, or quote unquote, blasting Austin Dillon for his quote unquote entitled attitude. Because when you listen to him talking to his crew chief, he's bitching a lot, right? He's cussing him out. He's he's cussing about the car, about the decisions that the team's making, and he, you know, he already has that uh, sense of entitlement, or at least it appears to us he has the sense of entitlement, kind of this bratty attitude about himself, and that definitely doesn't help his look. And people already have this idea of him in their head so when he does stuff like this it just perpetuates this idea even more i'm an austin dylan fan so you're you're getting to hear uh from an austin dylan fan so you know take whatever you hear with a grain of salt but i do understand why people don't like him i wouldn't argue with you if you said i, I don't like him he grew up in a rich family um everything was handed to him you know i might argue that everything's handed to him thing I would say he definitely, you know, had this, like, lifestyle where he was pushed into it, whereas other families probably couldn't afford to get their kids in racing. I know personally when I have sons, I would love for them to get involved in racing, but I also know it's a really expensive sport. So unless I had the funds, like, I don't know how they're going to do it. So a kid like Austin Dillon growing up, that was never even a concern. It was more of just, like, when's he going to do it? Where is he going to go, Right. So I understand those arguments. I, I would also say I think he has actually earned his ride. It's hard to argue that he hasn't. Uh, his first year, I think 2010, uh, in the Xfinity series, I think it was 2010. This is going off just memory. Uh, in the or in the truck series, 2010, he won Rookie of the Year. And then the next year after that, 2012, in the truck series, he won the championship. Moved over to Xfinity or, I guess, back then nationwide, and this was 2011. Once again, hope all these dates are right because this is based off memory. Uh, 2011, he won the Nationwide Series Rookie of the Year. And then 2013, yeah, this is definitely right. 2013, the next year after that, he won the Nationwide Championship. And a lot of people argued the championship that he won that year. But, you know, when it comes down to it, he won the championship. It is what it is. So... In only four seasons, he won Rookie of the Year Championship. Rookie of the Year Championship. The dude was going to get a, a Cup Series ride, regardless of who his parents were. right? Anybody that does that is eventually going to get a Cup Series ride, especially at a time when they were taking guys like right out of the Nationwide Series, just looking for the young... That, that was that new young gun era, when they, everybody was looking for a young gun. Um, quote-unquote young gun. I remember that was in like every headline back then. So Austin Dillon got moved to uh, moved up to the cup ride, replaced Kevin Harvick, and they took away Kevin Harvick's car. What was that, the 29? 29, I believe, for RCR, and they put him in the three car. Right, A lot of people were pissed off about that. Like, you, you can't bring the three car back. That's Dale's car. Like, you have to retire that. Um, get over it. <laughs> I mean, I love Dale Earnhardt, and I'm younger, so... You know, I remember him passing, obviously, and him driving some, but, like, I didn't, like, grow up with him as my driver. My dad uh, liked Rusty Wallace. So, I, I get it that people are upset when they see somebody else in the three car, or at least somebody they don't deem worthy. But the fact is, um, 
Dale Earnhardt isn't necessarily number three. Like, Dale Earnhardt's Dale Earnhardt. Number three is Richard Childress Racing. So, if Richard Childress wants to put his grandson in the three car, I think he has every right to because it's his number, not your number. And if you don't like it, get over it. That's a stupid reason not to like a driver. He is in he is in a car just like any other Cup Series driver is in, and it's a really highly marketable car. So it is what it is. Um, I think he's earned his spot, but I understand not liking him just purely based on uh, him growing up with money or who his family is, stuff like that. I get that. But he's proven to be a good driver. He has two wins out of the 197 races, I believe. Once again, going off memory, I'm trying not to edit, so I'm trying not to pull up the article. The article is on bellyupsports.com, and it's titled, Austin Dillon is a good driver, is actually a good driver on a bad team, like I said before. So anyway, I think he has 197 Cup Series races, two wins, 11 top fives. So it's like not great, right? Nothing spectacular. But those are actually better statistics than Eric Almirola and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. with actually far less races. I think he has like 80-something less races than Almirola and like 20-something less races than Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So... You know, those guys don't get as much hate as Austin Dillon, and I think those guys are also pretty good drivers. You know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. definitely gets his fair share of criticism, but I think he's a good driver, and same with Eric Amarola. They're both good drivers, and Austin technically has better stats than them right now. And if you want to say, well, you know, they were in, they're, they've been in different equipment their whole careers, Austin's been in the number three at RCR. That goes back to my point that I, I think it's actually been a hinder to him more so than helpful because I think RCR right now is not a good team because you can look at a guy, his teammate, the whole time he was there. Ryan Newman came in in 2014 and they put him in the 31 car. Prior to 2014, four years in a row, so you know 2009 or 2010, every single season he got a win. Every single season he got a win. Uh, you know, he, it, it, he was f- pretty far from his 2003 heyday when he got eight wins and no championship. Um, I think that was, was that Matt Kenseth? Um, I don't know. Anyway, he, he's pretty far from his heyday from that period, right? No doubt. But every single year he got at least one win consecutively prior to joining RCR. And he joins RCR, and in four seasons of, of driving the number 31 car, he only had one win. I mean, I think that says something about a guy that has, he has 18 wins. He's been driving for, I mean, shit, what, like 17 years? I don't know. He's been driving for a long time. He's a vet now, and he's got plenty of wins. No championships, but plenty of wins. The dude's a veteran driver. He knows what he's doing. You bring a guy like that onto your team, you kind of expect some wins, right? You don't necessarily expect a championship. He's not one of these quote-unquote young guns coming up. But you got your veteran driver, you got your young gun, uh, and you expect your team to to look pretty competitive. Austin Dillon was was driving for RCR the exact same amount of time as Ryan Newman. And Austin Dillon had more wins... And I think just slightly less top five finishes. And he just got pulled up. 
This is the first time he's been in the Cup Series, right? And he's doing this with a veteran. And I'm not, and I, and I don't think that means that Ryan Newman's not a good driver anymore because now he's at Roush, and of the four races so far, out of three of them, he's placed in the top 15. And you know that's nothing spectacular, but of every single race so far, RCR both teammates, Hemrick and Dylan, have yet to place even inside the top 15. So my point is, I think RCR is actually one of the worst teams right now. I think it's worse than Roush. And I think Newman knew that. Newman was constantly bitching about his car and bitching about everything. you know. And, and that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. People that really liked Newman were like, he heard him bitching all the time. And they thought, uh, I don't know, that's kind of turning me off. I don't like how he's complaining all the time. Well, you know what? Maybe he was complaining for a reason. Maybe he was aware that RCR equipment was garbage and he couldn't do anything with it. And maybe that's why he left and went to Roush. You know, a team that a lot of people have considered to be like a dying team. And he's already doing better at Roush and he's older. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with it from there. You know, whatever you think. I just think RCR now has become the worst of the like quote unquote premier teams. Their equipment's garbage. And I don't think any driver can do anything with it. Their rookie, Daniel Hemrick, I was really hyping him up because I think he's a very, very talented driver. And I think he's a likable guy, marketable, you know, all that. But more so, he's a talented driver that I think can do really well. And I think we've seen that so far. But he hasn't been able to perform on the track like I'm sure he hoped. Hold on. Okay, bet. And I think we're seeing that with Austin Dillon now. And I think we've been seeing it, unfortunately, with Austin Dillon throughout his career because he's only been with RCR. I mean, just look at the the races this season, just this season, right? That's what people are bitching about, about how he's been bitching on his radio to his crew chief and being really rude and all this stuff. All right, well, let's see. How did it go? Uh, Daytona? No, not really. Atlanta. Atlanta, he was pissed because they didn't run the car that he wanted. And he's clearly stated that, like, before the race, that he wasn't happy with the decision that they went with the trim on the car, right? And he was unhappy with that the whole race, and you could see the car was running terribly. So, he kind of had a reason to be pissed. He told them one thing, and they the crew chief decided something different, thought it, that would run better. They went with the crew chief, and it was wrong. And Austin, I mean, from what I understand about the story, Austin was right. He wanted something totally different. He wanted what Daniel Hemrick had, and it, it was obvious that Daniel Hemrick was running really well in that race in Atlanta. So clearly Austin was right about what he wanted the setup to be. So there, there's Atlanta. Um, and then we had Las Vegas. What was the Las Vegas incident? That one, oh, yes, of course. That one he was running, he started in fourth, running in second, Behind Harvick, you know, there's a bit of a gap, I'm not saying. And this is early in the race. I'm not saying he's going to win it. But he's looking like a fast car out there. I remember watching him being like, oh, man, Austin Dillon's looking good this race. I think he might, you know, not necessarily get that win, but he's looking like a driver that's going to get a win this season. And then he gets the penalty for too many guys in his pit box. I mean, that that's a penalty that you can completely blame on your team. Right, that's out of your control at that point. So, yeah, I would be pissed at my team as well. He could never make it up, 
And to Kyle Busch's point, it might have something to do with the dirty air and not being able to bridge those gaps. All right, and then last but not least, most recently in Phoenix, he's running in fifth with only six laps to go. Um, and he runs out of gas. I mean, that's that's something that, that should have been resolved in his last pit stop. And obviously their decisions on pit road allowed him to get that high up. Obviously, I'm not arguing that, but but you know he he would have finished in the top ten if you just would have given him enough gas. I'll put it that way. Uh, you know he wouldn't have won the race, but he would have finished in the top ten just from running alone, just open driving, everything normal would have finished in the top ten. But because of that, I mean, what did he finish uh, in that race? It was I mean in the twenties, I believe, like twenty one or something like that, right? Yeah, twenty one. Boom, finished twenty one. Uh, because he ran out of gas. At all these problems, I'm not, you know, taking everything off Austin Dillon. He's not as good as Kyle Busch or, you know, Kevin Harvick. I'm aware of that. I think anybody can admit that, and I'm a fan of his. It's obvious. But all these races so far this season have looked like, um, you know, it's all been problems with his team and his crew chief and his pit crew. And when he's bitching, you know, maybe people are like, oh, I don't like him because he's bitching and he's a spoiled brat. Or maybe it's just like he's bitching because he has something to bitch about, just like Ryan Newman did when he was on the team. Their best finish for RCR this year was Daytona 16th. That was Austin Dillon, and that was, I think, the only race that I didn't... I can't remember seeing his team actively fuck him up. Like, actively screw him up. And that's Daytona. Anything can happen at Daytona. That's besides the point. What I'm saying is, I think RCR is a bad team. I think they're the worst of the, like, quote-unquote, premier teams. I think they're down there with JTG at this point. You know, their equipment is probably a little bit better, but not much better. I think their equipment's actually worse than Roush, and that's saying something because Roush is taking a big dip, and I know we're talking about how far Hendrick has fallen. I know Eric Estep. <laughs> Go check out his video because a lot of people were triggered about that. You know, he was pointing out that, like, Hendrick is the new Roush, and I think he has a point to that. But I think more so what you got to look at is RCR is like what's worse than Roush, you know? They're they're the worst Roush, right? So I don't know. I just kind of wanted to mention that. That was something that's been uh, on my mind for a while, and I enjoyed writing that article. So if you enjoyed this kind of discussion, go check it out. It goes into a lot more details, covers more of the history of RCR, and tries to explain and break down why RCR has been falling apart. And I, I don't know if I have an answer yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens to RCR. Essentially, the, the summary, though, was that everyone thinks that the family ties to Richard Childress has actually benefited Austin Dillon when, in actuality, it's been the one thing that's been hindering his career. Because he, unlike any other driver that is at his level of skill and talent... They would leave immediately for an option at a better team when they see how bad RCR has become. The ties that Austin Dillon has to his family is going to keep him on that sinking ship and might ruin his career. So, I don't know. thought that was an interesting point. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And that's really all I have to say about it. I'm trying to keep it you know, fairly short since I'm not going to edit. I know that's going to extend the length usually when I edit. I clip out things so it sounds like this. So every single sentence is a run-on sentence when there's nothing in between. So it keeps going. 
right? So it slows a little bit better because of the time. That's not going to happen this episode. But I did what I did. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I guess we'll see you again next week. Peace. It was straight shot. All it took was luck to not get caught. Driving on the same track as Dale Earnhardt, or as you'd look at it with Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon's a race car driver too? I thought he was just a cereal box model. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.